Is everyone ready to have a good lunch? To everyone blessed so far? I think it's, it's great having all of you here, just spending some time together and having some fellowship. Um, all right, so our next session is going to be PD. PD's got um, Rise on Fire. I just want to give you a few seconds, just some, some background personally of what, um, what PD has done in our lives. And I think maybe some of you, it's just, just an opinion, but you might be there. You know, we, we were at a point where, where we've been following the commandments and, and you know, we've, you're studying the word and you're getting more knowledge and you're doing, doing these things. And um, we were really at a place where we, where we were trying to figure out, you know, what we should be doing on a daily basis. We were in a fellowship that were going from Sabbath to Sabbath, getting to better, uh, getting together, but there was, you know, no, no fruit evident in our life at that stage when we got there. And then um, I one day was sent a video about PD, and my first reaction was, this guy's from South Africa, firstly, which I was like, I'm not going to, and then secondly, he's younger than me, so I was kind of like, yeah, what's this, you know, I'm not going to listen to this. And then, um, and then that afternoon, I spent a bit of time on my bed um, going through his channel, and man, I was humbled. You know, I had to come before the Father and said, I apologize for this, just, you know, because he was, he was doing things, he was living this thing, he was, he was really, there was fruit evident in his life from what he was doing, not just from what he was speaking. And um, it really changed our lives and, and pushed us in a certain direction, and it's also a big reason why we are together here today is because of that, that was pushed into and showed to us in that day. So... Um, so, Petey, thank you very much for that, and, and you guys will be blessed having him here, and just enjoy this, all right? Thank you. Oh, thank you, John. All right. Oh, maybe you can open and pray. Right. Holy Spirit, Father, come in this place, Lord. Come and have your way, Father. Lord, we give this meeting to you, Lord. We give this session to you, Father. I Lord, I just pray for our come. We come before you, Lord, and we, we Lord, we, we're actually coming before holy and mighty God right now. Lord, you're not just, you're here, Father. You're not in some faraway place, Lord. And so, Father, we invite you in, Lord, your spirit, Father. Lord, like Paul said, God, I don't come with wise words. I come in fear and trembling, but with the demonstration of the spirit. And so, Father, I ask, Lord, for that to happen in this place now. Our Father, Lord, I just pray that every single person here, Lord, would be spoken to. And you would just give them all the message, Father, to take home, Lord. And I pray that you would just change lives and heal right now, Lord. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. So I'm, I'm, I'm really humbled and excited to be here with you guys. Uh, let me just... So uh, what, what I'm going to be talking about this weekend is uh, reigniting spirit and truth, as you guys can see here. And really, I'm going to tell you a little bit about where I come from and, and, and where my, what my journey has been like. But... What, what I really want to be talking about is there's these two groups and probably two groups within this room right now, okay? There's a lot of you guys who've come maybe a few years back, maybe recently, you've come to this revelation of the, the truth, the, the, what we call the Torah, the teaching of our Father. But then there's also the other group which, you know, maybe you haven't heard of these things, but... You've been on the other side where you've, you've started actually walking in the things of the Spirit. You've actually been able to, to walk up to a stranger and, and tell them about your Messiah and do that in the, in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. But maybe you haven't ever walked out the Torah before. You haven't heard about any of this before. 
You see, there's, there's, there's some kind of a divide right now in the body which the Father wants to bring together for these, for these end days. And that's the, the worship of spirit and truth that he talks about in his word. And I want to submit to you that that's where he's taking us. And if you're not going to go along with that, you're going to be an observer of that thing and not a partaker of what he is going to be doing. You see, if, if we want to go into an exodus or a, a wilderness or a greater exodus, whatever you want to call it, but you're not able to pray for the blind lady on the bus with you, who, what are we kidding ourselves? I know that's a hard word, you know, and if you would have told me that a year ago, I would be like, yeah, I, you know. And, but I, and I'm, still, I'm still not there. I'm still feeling like if we're to enter a, a, that greater exodus, that place, I'm like, Father, is that really something I would be able to really do, you know? And it's not, so I want to submit to you guys that I'm going to be talking about, we're going to be laying that foundation of truth uh, today, especially. And at the end of the day, maybe, and definitely into tomorrow, we're going to be laying a foundation of spirit and really talking about how to walk truth out in spirit and spirit in truth. Because they're interconnected, you can't separate the two. And if you do, you're going to have a half-baked walk that looks just a little bit like Yeshua, but nothing like the fullness of him. So... Uh, what I want to be talking about, well, okay, I'm, I'm on YouTube, so I already kind of jumped into it right now, but you guys can follow me on YouTube over here, uh, where the ministry is called Rise on Fire. And so what happens is we, we this is kind of the, the three-step, if we can break it up into three-step journey that we have in our walk with Messiah. We have this encounter with our Messiah. Maybe this was 20 years back for you. Maybe you haven't had it yet. Maybe it just happened. But you had that encounter with Yeshua. And you came to this realization that, that Yeshua is the Messiah. He is the definition of truth. Then you start eating well, drinking milk. You start coming to, the, maybe, you know, you, you start attending a church. You start coming to this place where you start reading his, his word. And, and you start being like, whoa. And, you, and there's a change that starts taking place within you. But then a lot of times, I want to submit to you guys about most of Christianity today is stuck at step two. And we never reach the, the maturity, the, the maturity to solid food. And this solid food comes from when we actually study and read what he studied and read and ultimately walked out with his disciples. You see, when, when we just stay in our New Testament, we don't have a foundation. And we, yes, we can nibble off of those things, but those are actually things that, you know, that we're, we're supposed to be moving past it within the first six months of being a believer already. And of course, I'm, 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 I'm generalizing here, but there's of course a, a, a combination of mature, mature and, and uh, more uh, beginner teaching. But the point of the matter is, is if we never get back to the Torah, the front of our book, we will never mat- get, get, go into maturity and walk as our Messiah walk. And so that is what the perfect doctrine is. You see, 1 John 2 verse 6 basically sums it up. And he talks, he says, you know, whoever says, you know, he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And and if you don't walk as he walked, I want to ask you, who are you walking as and who are you following? Now, he is the perfect doctrine. And so we, you know, there's a lot of speakers and and, and I praise God. Like, we're going to be saying a lot of things this weekend. But the point that we all need to get back to is, how did he walk? He walked out the Torah and the prophets perfectly. And I think a lot of you guys have that understanding. But I also want to submit to you that he casted out demons. He healed the sick. 
He raised, he cleansed the leper, he raised the dead, he did all these things. And then he said, now walk as I walk. That's a hard one. It's kind of an, an, an irresponsible thing in the, from the world's perspective to leave your disciples, ascend, or just before you ascend, and tell them, so now go and, and heal the sick. Which is, I mean, you can say maybe keep a Sabbath day, and that's already, a, that, that can be a, whoo, you know, how do we do that? But if we go and we say, now heal the sick, that's like out of our world, right? And so it's absolutely, but this is, and, and he does this on purpose. He doesn't even give us a step one, two, and three on how to do that. He simply says, heal the sick. And of course, he discipled his disciples into that. He, he, he walked with them, and he guided them into that. But he leaves the same instruction for us where we're sitting, where we're at today. And he says, so walk as I walk. Because I want to submit to you guys that, so let me just, let me just share where, I, where I've been. I mean, 2009, around 2009, I started, uh, I, I fell on my knees. I said, Father, I, I am sick of the denominations. I'm, there's how, I don't know how many now denominations. And, and I'm like, Lord, which one is the true one? I mean, I don't want to be going in the one for 40 years and then, I, then I'm on the wrong one. And, I'm, and I just wasted 60 years of my life or whatever. And you know, um, I fell on my knees. I said, Lord, I'm going to follow you, but I need the truth. And I think a lot of you guys have got a similar testimony to that. And the Father just came to you and he, he started revealing the beauty of his word to you. Right? And a few years later, I started growing into it very slowly but surely. And... Then around, I guess around four or five years after that, I, I was, you know, I was starting to attend fellowships and home groups, and it was amazing. We we're discussing the word and growing, but then I'm, I took a step back yet again, just like I did a few years back before. Then I was like, Father, where is your Holy Spirit? Where is the power that I read in the Book of Acts? Lord, I'm supposed to see it, but I'm not seeing it. Either you're lying, or I'm doing something wrong, and I'm going with the second one what happened? And the same thing happened. I, I fell on my knees. And I'm like, Father, where is this thing? How are we going to, how can we restore it? Because I know you want this, but what am I doing wrong? Why am I not seeing the fruit that I'm supposed to see? Why am I struggling to love my neighbor? Oh yeah, I can keep a Sabbath, but how do I love my neighbor? I, I struggle with that thing, you know? And what happened about a year or two after that is one day I was, I was sitting in my, in my room, still studying, a few, uh, I guess, or three, three years back now, and and uh, I sat in my room and I, and I just had this this thought come, and this thought is, go to Hatfield Square. There's someone you need to meet there. A lot of some of you guys may know Pretoria, Hatfield Square over over there. I'm like, I got this thought, and I'm like, what is this now? Nah, you know, and uh, but this thought doesn't want to leave me. The whole this is, this is, this is a, I think it was a Friday night. And, and, and it just doesn't want to leave me. And I'm just like, what, what is this? This must, I guess this is God, right? And, and I'm like, you know what? Fine. And I get in my car. I drive, drive to Hatfield Square. I get on my car. I walk. And there's a guy who comes up to me right there. And he's like, hey, uh, he starts talking to me about like his, his situation. And you, you guys know how it is. And I'm just like, hey, man, listen. And again, that, that, that thing that was within me, that voice came again, and, and it, it just, this time it just popped out of my mouth. And I just said, hey man, listen, do you have any pain in your shoulder? And, and, and when, I, when I said it, I was like, what did I just say? You know, because this is, and I, was, and I was trembling in fear, trembling in fear, so afraid. 
And I said, Andy, do you have anything wrong? You know, and, and he's like, yeah, my shoulder actually does hurt. Why? You know, I'm like, well, and I just realized, well, this, is, this must be God. And uh, I'm just like, man, I think God's going to heal your shoulder. Can I pray for your shoulder? You know? And I laid my hand on his shoulder right there, and I just like, Father, I just thank you, God, to come on, the shoulder be restored right now in the name of Yeshua, Father. Thank you for freedom. And I'm like, man, I don't want to just walk away. And, you know, I'm like, hey, I want you to test it out. You know, because I'm hungry for this thing. I want you to test it out. And, and he's like, <gasps> and he freaks out. And he's like, no way. And, and he's like, yeah, in fact, and I don't believe him. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I, I truly don't believe what he's, I, I literally, I'm an unbelief, like real unbelief, okay? Fear and unbelief at the same time. It's a crazy place to be. And, and, but he's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait here. And he runs and he brings his friend. And his friend has got a leg because he's a local there. His friend's got a knee problem. I'm like, okay, well, it worked the first time. Let's try again, you know? <laughs> and and um, I'm just like, hey, Father, I just thank you, Lord. You speak to his, his, his knee right now and come on it to be restored. And I'm sure. I mean, and... You know, his same thing happened. His friends just like, and the, and the guy, the previous guy's like, I told you so, I told you so. And I'm like, I'm just like, I can't believe, I really can't, but now I'm starting to believe a little bit. <laughs> and you see, um, after that, they went and they got so excited that they started, their locals there, they, they, they were actually, the one was a beggar, the other one was a car guard. And they started running and they started bringing all their friends. And I prayed for a guy, I turned around, there's another one standing right here. I turned around, there's another one standing right here. Turned around, same thing happened. All kinds of things, all kinds of disease. There was even a guy who manifested a demon. I've never even seen something like that. I wasn't in a charismatic church. I have no idea what to, how to deal with these things. But see, I, and I had no one to even disciple me. But he's my teacher. And see, by the end of that night, guys, and this is all... Over 25 people got healed right there in the streets of Hatfield Square. And I'm like this guy who's never seen anything like that, even in a church before. I, I got in my car. Oh. Sorry, guys. I got in my car, and, and as I drove home, I was crying like I know. And, and, and uh, the father, he said, you know, Petey, I want this for my bride. I want this for my people who are coming into, into truth, into Torah. This is what I'm calling you into. And I'm telling you that this is the fullness of me. This is the fullness of Messiah. And you need to start running after this thing. Because it's going to be, un it's going to be unacceptable to come before him one day. And I have not used any of the gifts which he has bestowed upon you. Because I'm telling you guys that every single one of you have gifts which have been bestowed upon you for the sake of exalting the kingdom. But a lot of times, a lot of times we're, we're in this place where we, we start getting into the knowledge and the truth and, the, and all that stuff which I love and so dearly. But we never leave our home. We never, and we don't bear the fruit because we don't walk, this, they walk in the spur. We don't carry the fruit of the spur. And we have the head knowledge but no, no real application. So, um, as I said, I'm going to be talking about this whole spirit and truth thing and bring these things together. In Genesis 1 verse 2, we read, And the earth came to be formless and empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving on the face of the waters. 
John 1, verse 1 to 3, And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we see that the truth, the Word, as well as the Spirit was present in the beginning. Part of, well, before creation. Right. And so we have this pendulum right now, like I mentioned earlier, that's, that we, uh, we, we find ourselves in. And, and really, this has been the cause, one of the primary causes of the 33 plus thousand plus denominations we see. We have a pendulum of belief, if you will, where we have lawlessness on the one side and legalism on the other. We have the Pharisees in the days of Yeshua and we have Pharisees today, which, which, which are on the, on the side of legalism, following, oh, they've got the knowledge, they keep a Sabbath day, we've got no fruit and love. On the other side of the spectrum, we've got the lawlessness, Hyper grace, like a lot of you guys might know, where, you know, we can sin because he died for us. That's really what we're saying at the end of the day. It's all right, okay? And so what I want to submit to you guys is that that's where the forest is taking us right now. In the middle, the, the, the perfect balance of walking in spirit and truth. You see, these are the two extremes. If you try, if you get handed a Torah and you read it, and you don't get filled with the spirit and you do it without God, you're going to end up in legalism. On the other hand, if you... You, you start maybe praying for the sick and doing all these things in the name of Yeshua, yet you don't have the truth within you, you're going to end up in lawlessness. And so I want to submit to you guys that we, we, we always ask this, I always ask the question, Lord, how do I, you know, when you, when you come into Torah, you're like, get on fire for it, and you're like so excited to share this thing with everyone, but no one wants to hear it because it's like so weird. And you heard a few people along the way, and then you're like, okay, maybe I should just be a bit more patient, you know. Uh, and... You know, and, and I always, and it really, I really wondered how, Lord, are we really going to share this thing in our daily walk effectively? And see, this is it. The fullness of spirit and truth in your walk is going to be the evidence of what draws people to you. Okay. It's not just going to be keeping a Sabbath. It's not just going to be or keeping whatever commandment. It's about keeping that in combination with the full walk of Messiah that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, just as a quick example, I just want to share with you guys, uh, I actually started a new job this year, and uh, a few months ago, um, I was in a boardroom, and uh, my, my one colleague, Kat, which is sitting right here in front, was there, and um, I, I was brand new, I didn't even know her, you know, really know her yet, and we were sitting in this boardroom, kind of working, a few other people in the room as well, probably five or six, seven other people, and Kat says... And she calls one of her friends and she's like, hey, just can, can you just go and grab me a painkiller? Because my teeth is killing me right now. I've got such a toothache. And, and as her friend gets up, and I'm like, I get this within me. And the Holy Spirit is like, <laughs> he's like, you know, and I know like this, I need to step in right now. And, I'm, and I turn to her and I've got fear because I'm brand new at the job. I'm the new guy, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and but I tell her, Hey, are you a Christian? You know, and she's she's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, and 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 uh, and, uh, and uh, I'm like, so why don't we pray for that? You know, and uh, right there, in the whole room goes dead quiet because everything just everything just turned way awkward right now. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I'm just like, hey, Cal, I want you to put your hand where the pain is. She puts her hand where the pain is, and I'm like, cool, Father, I just, and I put my hand on her hand, and I'm like, Father, I thank you, Lord, we command all this pain to leave right now in the name of Yeshua. Amen. I'm like, test it out. And she's like, Phew. and she's like, 
I, I, I felt like something like a, a warmth come over me, but the pain is still there though. And, and everyone in the room is just like, you know, what? And, um, and I'm like, oh, awesome. Let's pray again. Father, I thank you, Lord. We command all pain, go now in the name of Yeshua. Amen. I'm like, hey, test it out again. And she's like, it's uh, yeah, maybe a bit better. I'm not sure, you know. Let's pray again. Father, I thank you right now. All pain, I command you, get out now in the name of Yeshua. Test it out again. I got no more pain. That's amazing. How did you do that? And that whole room sees it. Five, six, seven other people see it. I don't know where they're at. They saw it. A month or two later, Kat got baptized, and now she's sitting right here at this conference and Torah, keeping Torah, the most exciting thing ever for her. She'll tell you if you ask her. You know, keeping, she's like, the Sabbath is like the most amazing thing for her. She testifies every week at our fellowship. But you see, if I never said, sorry, I'm speaking too loud. Uh, uh, but see, if I never said, hey, let's pray for that thing, she would not be sitting here. And, and that's not me. <laughs> it's really not me, man. It's all God. And so I want to just share this because I want you to see the value of this thing. That this is how we get this thing out there. This is how we do that. All right. Cool. So uh, the reason for the 33,000 plus denominations we have is because of two identity crises we have in the body. And again, it's connected to this whole thing. We already have an identity crisis in the truth or we have an identity crisis in the spirit. A lot of you guys, like I said, may have come to realization what your identity in the truth is. You're, you're a covenant people and what commandments are applicable to you. But, there's, but then there's the other identity that you need to understand that you're a son of the living God and that the spirit dwells with you and that there is an authority that's, 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 that's going to follow your words. But you see, if you're given authority, okay, you're giving authority by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords in this world over sickness, disease and all these things but you don't know and you don't believe it, it's going to be useless for you. It's like, it's like having a king over the land and he doesn't know he's a king. He's going to be trampled over by the enemy. Then he's going to be like, uh, you know. But if he knows he's a king, he's going to be like, get out of my way, you know. And so I want to submit to you that we need to be start stepping into that identity of telling the enemy to get out of our way instead of this huddling up in a corner and asking God, Lord, we're keeping the commandments, but why are we still sick sometimes? Why are some, because the realization is we are blessed. He does say the disease of Egypt will not come upon us, but I want to submit to you that he wants us to step into that authority and command the diseases of Egypt and to go and put, put it in their place. You know, not just the diseases, the enemy. When the enemy comes to attack us, what do we do about that? Do we huddle up in a corner and cry? Or do we take up our kingship authority that comes from our father by the blood of Yeshua and, and, and instruct the enemy on where to go. Tell him, get out of the way. You've got no authority here. Go. In the name of Yeshua. That's exactly what Yeshua did. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And then he said, now walk as I walk. Right? And so the great falling away that we read about in Scripture is really speaks a lot about this thing in that um, as I uh, mentioned a little bit earlier, there is a, well, there is a storm coming. There is a, a great move of God coming, but the enemy isn't going to be passive about that. He's going to bring a move as well. And so the thing is, the, the way that we will be battling this thing is and to be part of this thing, to be a partaker of this thing, 
We need to be walking in this fullness of spirit and truth that I've been talking about. And see, you're, like I said, you're either going to be observer of this on the sidelines watching it, or you're going to partake and be a destroyer of the works of the devil and communion with him. Matthew 7:14. Few will find the path that leads to eternal life. So, he was, it's interesting when you read that verse in context, he's talking to people who are a crowd of believers or people who are there to hear. And he's saying few will inherit the path that leads to eternal life. Few of them. And it's, it's, it's this whole thing of, you know, again, it's this whole thing of following the commandments of God, walking in complete obedience, but again, not being stepped upon by the enemy. Because if you're stepped upon by the enemy... And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and all this, you're going you're gonna, to, you, a lot of people are in Torah, for example, who, who, are, they're in the, who are in depression. A lot of people are in, uh, in Torah, but who are in bondage. And a lot of people fall away from Torah because they're in Torah, in bondage, and they're like, why is this happening? And they think that it's, it's, it's powerless. But I want to submit to you that there, the, the Torah, God's instructions, is the most powerful thing there is. And it, it breaks the yokes. But we need to step into that place of authority to use it in that way. And not just a, a piece of paper, but something we apply to our life and walk out to put the enemy in his place. Mark 13, verse 22, the coming deception will be able to deceive even the elect. That's, that's, that's one of the most scary verses in the entire Bible. The word further prophesies about a, a, an antichrist will come and perform great signs, wonders, and miracles. Okay. Who will deceive many. And so I want to submit to you that that's part of that storm I'm talking about. The enemy is going, to, is going to bring that. But I want to submit to you that it's not just the enemy who's going to bring that. God is going to bring that too. He wants us to not just be like, oh, they're doing great wonders and miracles and that's, that's, that's wrong and all that. But he wants us to step up as well and to demonstrate to this fallen world that, that the prophets of Baal are nothing against Yahweh. Right. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1 to 3. As the coming of our master, Yeshua Messiah, and our gathering together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as if the day of Yahweh has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, because the falling away is to come first, and the man of lawlessness is to be revealed, the son of destruction. He says, don't be unsettled by spirit or by word. It's interesting. Interesting words he's using there. And, and again, yet again, we're coming back to this thing of you won't be disgruntled in your spirit if you've got such an intimacy with him and you're walking like him in the spirit. And you won't be unsettled in word if you know what the word says either. Okay. And you won't, again, you won't be led away by this great deception, this great falling away. So to just further demonstrate this, this, this point, we, we see... Um, Shavuot, the festival of Pentecost, as, as a lot of you guys might know, um, there's two great events in history which, 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 uh, which, which talk about the story of spirit and truth. The first one most of you are familiar with in Exodus 20 on Mount Sinai where we see this great storm, this great thunder, lightning flashes on this mountain and Moses Moses is even trembling, and the, the people are trembling, and they're like, oh, Moses, Moses, you get up there, Lord. Oh, we don't want to, we don't want to, we're too afraid. You just go up there. You speak to him, and we're afraid. What do you say? And, and he says, 
And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to prove you in order that his fear be before you, so that you do not sin. So the people stood at a distance. But Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Now I want you to take note of that. They were extremely afraid. After that, they built the golden calf, and we see 3,000 fall. Right? The, se- the second one, about 1,200 years later, we have uh, the more familiar New Testament Pentecost, where they were all to- gathered together in one place, and the Holy Spirit came into the temple, and they all filled with the Spirit of God. And when the day of festival of Shavuot had come, they were all one man, one place, one mind, one place. And suddenly there came a sound of heaven and a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and settled on each of them. And they were all filled with the Seraphim spirit and began to speak with other tongues, the spirit as the spirit gave them to speak. And when this sound came to be, the crowd came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Interesting. We see first on Mount Sinai. They, they, they stood far off. But on, but on Mount Zion, they came together. And see, this tells us that, you know, of course, this is after Yeshua had come. He opened the door where we can enter His presence. The Holy Spirit can enter us. But also, it tells us a story of fear. And uh, uh, we, there's a godly fear of God that we all need to come under. But there's also an ungodly fear where we're afraid of walking as He walked and in communion with His Spirit. And being afraid of the workings of the Holy Spirit. And that's something that I personally, we, we see that so much where in that boardroom, people were awkward for a little bit. They were a little bit awkward, like, hmm, you know, this is a bit weird. And in our fellowships, a lot of times we see that too, where the Holy Spirit is an awkward thing to bring in because He has His way and it goes against all control and form, form of control that we have. I want to submit to you guys that for those of you who are in fellowships, I want, you to, I want to encourage you to start coming to the Father and saying, Lord, how can we get an upwelling of Spirit in this fellowship? Because if you don't have that, you're going to struggle to love each other. You're going to struggle to have that love that God talks about where He said, they will know you by the love you have for one another. Acts 2.41, then those indeed who gladly received his word were immersed, and on that day about 3,000 beings were added. On, face the, on the first festival of Shavuot at Mount Sinai, 3,000 fell after the golden calf. Here we see 3,000 added by immersion. Mount Sinai, no intimacy. Lord, we don't want to deal with you. We want a mediator. We see the, we, we, we also both see what, what Antoinette said was, was so amazing when she talked about the mountain, mountain moments where you, we really need to get on those mountains with the Father. Both of these, Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, happened there. I had to get on my knees on both, when I sought the ter- truth and the spirit, I had to get on my knees and I said, Father, I'm not seeing this in my life, Lord, I need to see this. And I want to ask you the question, have you got on your knees for an outpouring of truth and an outpouring of spirit in your life? We also see there's a thousand, about a thousand, a thousand two hundred year gap between these two events, and it really is a testimony of that within our lives too. We, most of us, most, well, all of us, we come into our walk with Messiah, and we are either going to be leaning towards the truth or the Spirit in some form more. You know, we're we're different kinds of people, and God has made us in that manner. But see. We need to, there's a lot of you who, who's leading to one or the other, but we need to all be seeking the fullness of both. And I want to encourage you to go to the, you know, 
which one you like. And go to the Father and say, Lord, I need to see the one I don't have. Seek it, because it's comfortable to stay where you are. It's comfortable to stay on the side of knowledge and wisdom and truth, which I love. And it's also, if you're a spirit person, it's comfortable to be on the ooey-gooey spirit stuff, which I also love. But we need to be seeking both and the fullness thereof, because they edify and fill each other up. Further, we see in Genesis with Noah and his dove, a similar thing happened. It's really interesting. Genesis 8 verse 8, then he sent out a dove from him to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground, but the dove found no resting place, for its feet had returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of all the earth. So he put out his hand and took it and pulled it into the ark to himself. Right, so first we see Noah, he sends out the dove, the, the, the dove dwells or seeks but finds, finds no resting place on the earth because the water the earth wasn't ready yet the waters weren't dried up yet the second time we see and the dove came to him in the evening and see a f so he sends out the dove the second time and came back to him in the evening and see a freshly plucked olive leaf was in its mouth and no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth this olive leaf when i read it, i was like what is this about this is interesting and then i thought what does the Holy Spirit, because I thought of Yeshua, he's a, we, we read in his baptism that the Holy Spirit ascended upon him as a dove. We have that connection here. And then I'm like, what, where did Yeshua ascend from? He, he said, I say the truth to you, it's better for you that I go away. It's good that I go because it's from me, for me, I have to go so that I can send you a helper, a Holy Spirit. That is what has to happen. Where did he leave? On the Mount of Olives, he ascended. And so, we, all, we of course, we know that the olive tree, Jeremiah 11 gives us the definition, Israel is the green olive tree. And so, this is a prophecy. God is going to send out a, a dove. He's going to go forth. going to find no place to rest, Mount Sinai. The second time he's going to send out a dove again, but this time he is going to find a place to rest. And he's going to rest on an olive tree to pluck an olive leaf. And that olive tree is Israel. You see, and at that point we're seeing this, the second festival of Shavuot. First we see the, 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 the truth given on Mount Sinai. And the second time we see the spirit given. The full picture, the full measure for his people to walk in the fullness of him, of Messiah, in both spirit and in truth. Right. And so one of the first things that we, we, we know that, that happened is we had this division that came about uh, in, right off, in the early church. Well, in the early church, we, we saw division came forth. We, we first see them being united in Acts 2, verse 46. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the set-apart place, breaking bread, they ate their food in gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor of all people. We see them in Acts 14, they were gathering together in the synagogue, both Jews and Greeks. Acts 9, we see them again gathering together in the synagogue, both for proclaiming the gospel and the truth to those there, as well as gathering in many cases in those places. They did not only gather in synagogues, of course, there were, there were, there were home churches and so on as well. But the synagogues was a, a, a very a huge place of gathering where, where uh, both Jews and Greeks and everyone who uh, came together. And there was a, revi a messianic revival in those places as well. Paul went in, as was his custom, on th Sabbath days he reasoned from them from the scriptures. 
Acts 15, and from ancient generations, Moses had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. And there James refers to Moses again. Hey guys, go to, go, you'll go to the synagogues, you're going to get Moses there. And, and in context, we, we, it's a Jerusalem council, he's giving them these few instructions, and then he says, now go to the synagogue where you'll receive the rest. So that means that there were messianic places of worship in the synagogues. As of course, Satan's plan is create a divorce of this unity. Because if you can divorce the unity between Jew and non-Jew, he divorces truth uh, from, from the house of Israel, as we, we, we'll talk about now. Um, and of course, we see that with Constantine who came in and he changed the days of worship. In the bottom right corner, you'll see the church of God has thought it well to transfer the celebration observance of the Sabbath to Sunday. Right, and, and so we, we see that this whole split started taking place with these man-made out of traditions and rules. Change the days of worship because if, if, if you gather together in different places, you're not going to have unity anymore. And this is why this is so precious and important. And, uh, of course, we also see that uh, the, the changing and the abolishing of the Torah, uh, which, we also, which also happened in the, the early Catholic Church. Romans 3, verse 1, What then is the advantage of the Jew? Or what is the value of the circumcision? Much in every way. Because first, indeed, that they were entrusted with the words of God. And so we have our Jewish brothers and sisters entrusted with the Torah, the word of God, because that's the only word that existed when this was written entrusted with it, but now we are separate, we were separated from that, from those people, separated from the, th- the years and years and years, generations upon generations of knowledge and truth that came through that line. Hosea 8 verse 12, I've written to him a great things, the great things of my law, but they were counted as a strange thing. And so here we see our divorce from holiness, uh, a divorce not only in fellowship, but with that divorce, we see a divorce of holiness because we, we, we start going about what seems right to a man, what, what, what feels right. And, and, of course, then we're just going to plain paganism in the end of the day, going by the ways of the world, of course. Psalm 118, verse 22, I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me and has become my salvation. The stone which the builders have fused has become the headstone of the corner. Now, if we walk up to any most believers and we ask the question, what is the stone? What is the rock? They'll, they'll tell you it's Jesus, it's Yeshua, right? But I want to submit to you guys, there's something much deeper to this. I want you to see. Yeshua speaks and says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and does them not, shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house on the sand. The rain came, the floods came, and great was the fall, a great falling away. What are these sayings that is so important that he's talking about? He just tells us two verses earlier, if we go in context, of course. Not everyone who says to me, Master, Master, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the desire of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me, Master, Master, have we not prophesied, cast out demons, done mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, you who work lawlessness, you who are without law. And it's interesting because here we see people 
who are doing some of the things I spoke about when we started. Casting out demons, healing the sick, in his name. Right? And, and I'm sure they're even giving him glory in some cases. They're like, oh, it's, it's, it's God who's doing this. But yet, he says, depart from me because of your lawlessness. In other words, we see that, you know, and, and I, can, I, can, I can testify of this. Holy Spirit is going to work through you no matter where you're at. He can work through a donkey. He can work through an atheist. He can work through anyone. You see, he can even work through a lawless person. He can heal someone through a lawless person because he wants them healed, man. You see, and yes, of course, our holiness, our, when we walk into the Torah, I want to submit to you, this is the, this is the deal, this is the game changer, guys. You see, the, the Christian, much of the Christian community has been seeking the signs and the wonders and the miracles, and, and they do see a lot of power in many cases, which is true, power from heaven, from God, and they see the fruit of that. But they don't see the measure that comes from the combination of spirit and truth. If you walk in the fullness and obedience to the Torah and holiness, and then you start walking in the things of the Spirit too, something huge changes. And that is what I'm telling, I'm, I'm telling you guys, that is what's going to be the differentiation. That's the thing that's going to set you apart from the rest. When you start walking in the things of the Spirit, but you're walking in the fullness of Torah and truth, God is going to honor that holiness in you, and the power that is going to trump and, 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 and be bigger and greater than, than most who, who have some measure of it, but who walk in lawlessness. That is why this is so valuable for us to pursue and walk in. So we, we, I want to, for a second, just start talking about our identity and truth um, at the end of the session, maybe maybe more into tomorrow, I'm going to be speaking more about walking in the Spirit and our identity in the Spirit. Uh, for this session, I just want to lay out that foundation of truth, right? So, in Genesis 11, verse 31, we, we read about Abraham, where all this started. Where we see Abraham was not a Jew, necessarily, but simply a Hebrew at the time. Well, there wasn't really something like a Jew yet at this point. Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Aaron, his grandson, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, and his son, Abraham's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans. to going to the land of Canaan, but they came to Aran. They sailed there. The area of the uh, Chaldeans were located between the Tigris and Euphrates, also known as Mesopotamia. Right, that's where Abraham came from. He was not a, a Jew, necessarily. Uh, well, if you call him a Jew at this point, it's probably not a good description. Genesis 17, we see God makes an everlasting promise to Abraham. He says, I'm going to make an everlasting promise to you, give you a son, and uh, this promise is to him and his descendants. You see Abraham, he has Isaac, and he blesses Isaac. He blesses Jacob, whose name gets changed to Israel. And Jacob has the 12 sons of Israel, who becomes the 12 tribes, um, which we then write, read about in Scripture. Jacob, in, in Genesis 48, we see how Jacob gives uh, Ephraim, uh, Israel gives Ephraim the, the firstborn blessing. The messenger who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the youths and let my name be called upon them. For the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them be increased to a multitude in the midst of the earth. And so we see that he said, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my name, Israel, I'm putting Israel, my name, upon them. And they're going to increase in the midst of the earth. They're going to be a multitude in the midst of the earth. We also see that Jacob uh, was blind. 
And I want to submit to you, this is also a picture of a spiritual blindness that, is, that was going to come upon that, that, that line. And I want to submit to you, that's the li- that, that is the blindness we have today in, in terms of truth, where, where we struggle, to, the body of believers as a whole, struggle to see the fullness of his covenant, the value thereof, that covenant made out to Abraham and through, and, and through his line. Therefore, keep, this is the covenant that was made. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all you do. You're standing today, all of you, before the Lord your God, the heads of your tribes, the elders, officers, and all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the sojourner who is in your camp, that he may establish you today as his people and that he may be your God as he promised to you and as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is not with you alone that I'm making this sworn covenant, but with whoever is standing with us today and with whoever is not with us today. And so, again, first he talks about, he's making this covenant out to 12 tribes of Israel, as well as this stranger, this sojourner. In other words, everyone who's here who says that I want to follow Yahweh, I'm making this covenant out to. Why? That he may establish you today as his God and you as his people. This is the thing that establishes you as his people. Understanding, believing, walking, and, well, doing his covenant. And again, he ends it off and he says it's with you guys who are with us today and with those who are not with us today. And of course, those people are the generations to come through that line. Everyone who, not only from the native-born bloodline, but everyone who says, I want to follow Yahweh. All right, as I, I mentioned that. And then he says in Deuteronomy 4.27, I'm putting before you a blessing and a curse, life and death. Choose life. I want to bless you. I want to give you prosperity. I want you to be blessed in all you do. Not prosperity teaching, like, like we hear a lot of times. But the prosperity from keeping his covenant and being in covenant with him. And of course, we didn't see Solomon making the huge mistake of having too many wives <laughs> or being led astray by his wives, rather. And, uh, and he, his falling away from the father causes a split where God splits the 12 tribes into two houses. Now, I know Zach kind of mentioned this earlier in his talk. Just want to expand on that a little bit where um, we see uh, the, the northern and the southern kingdom, the house of Judah and, and Benjamin in the south, and then we have the, the northern house of Israel. And these two houses are known as the house of Israel and the house of Judah. They're also known as the, uh, the there's a few names that the, the, the northern kingdom can go by in the scriptures. House of Israel, Joseph, Ephraim, um, just kind of how the lineage goes. And then uh, the southern kingdom, house of Judah, or house, house, of, Benja- house of Benjamin. There's also a few of the Levi tribe uh, within the, the house of Judah as well. Right. So then God scatters these, these, these people, house of Israel the northern, and the northern kingdom, the house of Judah in the south. He scatters them across the nations. And, he, and we see that he, he scatters them to Assyria and uh, Babylon. And we see that, um, well, house of Judah returns from Babylon. And of course, that's super important to happen because that's the bloodline of David. And that's where Yeshua needs to come from. If they don't return, we have no Messiah. And so then house of Israel however, never returns. They're scattered across the, world, across the earth, and they lose their identity. Now, the house of Judah is 
who we know today as the Jewish people, the modern Jewish people, and, and they know who they are. They've retained their identity. But the other, the last 10 tribes, which is a lot of people, were scattered and completely lost their identity. Jeremiah talks about this. Israel is a scattered sheep. Sheep. <laughs> the lions have driven him away. First the sovereign of Asher devoured him, and now at last this Nebuchadnezzar's sovereign Babel has broken his bones. For lo, I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among all the nations, like a corn is sifting the sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, although I have cast them, house of Israel, far off among the heathen, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet I will be to them as little sanctuary to in the countries where they shall come. And Antoinette also talked about that little sanctuary where he will be for them in the countries where they shall be, where they shall be scattered to. He will be to them as a little sanctuary. Israel is swallowed up now, shall they be among the Gentiles as a vessel wherein there is no pleasure. For they are gone to Assyria, a wild ass learned by himself, Ephraim hath hard lovers. And of course, so we see them scattered, assimilating into the nations, and, and uh, we, they have still some of their identity, probably um, by the t- in the New Testament times when Yeshua is around, some of them have it, but they're starting to really lose it at this point. And they're across the Euphrates, uh, the, 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 the ten tribes, but... Over the next 2,000 years, they would completely lose their identity. And of course, this happened because God divorced that house of Israel. Jeremiah 3 verse 8, she saw that for all the adulteries of that faithless one, Israel, I have sent her away for the decree of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she too went and played the whore. Yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with her whole heart, but in pretense. Okay, so Judah did return but in pretense, not with her whole heart. But however, Israel was completely sent away with this decree of divorce. And so this is the reason why. God says, you're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You don't know my word. You don't know my covenant. Because you don't know it, because of your ignorance, you follow the ways of the world and I I, I need to divorce you. I I can't be with an adulterous bride who sleeps with the world. And and he he goes on and he says, because you have forgotten the law of your God. And because of that, I will also forget your children. And so it's it's quite interesting. We we, we see in, in Hosea kind of a response to what we read earlier. Set the trumpet to thy mouth. He shall come as an eagle against the house of the Lord because they have transgressed my covenant and against my law. Israel shall cry unto me, Lord, we know you. Lord, didn't we do all these things for you? Didn't we cast out demons for you? Didn't we do all these mighty works in your name? Yet I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who have forgotten my law, you who are workers of lawlessness. And so we see the root of all this is lawlessness, of course. How will God get his divorce bride back? Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. So we see that God wants to get his divorce brought back. But there's a huge problem in his very word. Because see, our father, contrary to what many believe, 
cannot break his own commandments. He has to follow it. God and God came in the flesh. They, they had to follow his instructions perfectly for they were the mouthpiece who gave it. Our God is not a lawless God. And so he has to follow his own instruction, which dictates that if a man divorces a bride and that bride goes on horse, he cannot remarry her. That's against his own law, as we see in, in Deuteronomy 24. You read in Jeremiah 3 verse 1, if a man divorces his wife and she goes and becomes another man's wife, would not that land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me, declares the Lord. And, and it's quite interesting, the rabbis battle with this. The challenging question that arises now and that the rabbis will have to resolve is, how does Hashem remarry the bride whom he divorced, for this is forbidden in his own Torah? You see, this is an incredible testimony to use for our Jewish brothers who do not believe and who don't know Messiah. And this is the secret. This is what God does. We, we, know, we know this, but, but, but th this is the great mystery. And this is why he really had to come for us. This is why Yeshua said, I didn't come but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. For Romans 7, for a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. And so the only way for the father to get his divorced bride, house of Israel, ten tribes back, is for him to die. That is the way. That's the gate. That's the only way for it to happen. And that is the glory of Messiah. And that is why he had to come for you. And if he didn't come for you, if he did not die and get raised and be suitable for remarrying you, you would never be able to, to come back in alignment with your king. You see, you would, you would have been divorced forever from him. But his mercy and grace enables that. This is why, Messiah, as I said, I have not come but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In context, he's talking to a woman, a, a strange woman, and he's like, you know, uh, hey, no, I have not come but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she's like, oh, but Lord, doesn't the, even the bread comes fall from the master's table? And, and he says, oh, great is your faith. Let it be done unto you. And she was healed. You see, and so we see that by faith, by faith, we get grafted into that house of Israel, whether you're bloodline or not. By faith, by faith, we have free reign and access to that covenant that he makes with us. James 1 verse 1, James, a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. P 1 Peter 1 verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered through, through Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And so we see a lot of these New Testament writers addressing their letters to these scattered strangers scattered abroad, this house of Israel, these people who are losing their identity. These New Testament writers are writing to them, even, even uh, Galatia. And we all know about, of course, the book of Galatians. In Revelation, we read about these gates of heaven, where on the, on, the, on, the, on the top of these gates, we have these 12 gates, and these gates will have the, tri the, the 12 tribes of Israel's names engraved upon them. I want to ask you today the question, when you get in front of those gates one day, which one are you going to be entering into? Because there's no gate of church. There's no gate of, I don't know, <laughs> no, no Catholic gate, <laughs> you know. There's no, there's no uh, Dutch Reformed gate. 
So what is going to, well, we've got an issue here. I mean, is it now, you know, what are we going to do about this? But see, the Father, He made a way for us through His Son. By faith, if we believe in Him, we become grafted in. And we can, we can enter through the gates. Because, and, and this is the point, is you need to understand that you are Israel. You need to understand that there's no other way for you to enter into those gates unless you are become and understand that you are part of Israel. That is your identity. That is who you are. And if you don't think that's who you are, that's okay, but you're going to not be able to enter into that gates, those gates. So we need to come to this realization. Yeshua said, I came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then just like God in the Exodus gave the, the covenant to those people of the native born, were there, he, but also to the stranger who came out of the out of the Exodus. I mean, out of Egypt through the Exodus to the stranger. Everyone who wanted to follow God by faith, they were able to partake in His covenant and His promises. And in the same way, through Messiah, we become part of His covenant promises and His people. But we need to understand: the fact remains that we are. If you say, "I want to follow God," I'm going to be His God. I want to be his people. He's going to be, I want him to be my God. You are Israel. And so there's no more space for this thing, which we have done in the church a lot of times where, oh, but that's for Israel. Oh, that's different. That's not who I am. That, that was written to the Jews. The Jews is one of those 12 tribes. What about the others? Well, two or three of the 12 tribes. What about the others? Matthew 15, 24. But he answered and said, I'm not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right, and, uh, and, and there we, we read how the bread comes forth and, and, she, and she gets healed by faith. Romans 11, if you, were, you for, if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? And so we, we already established that the olive tree is Israel, as we, we've read in Jeremiah. And so, of course, by faith, we get grafted into that olive tree. Peter talks about this royal uh, uh, chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation. It, it quoted all the time. We, we hear it quoted all, all, the, all the time in our, in, our, in our gatherings in the body. But we don't always ask where he got this from. And so, of course... He quoted this from the Exodus where he, where, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Yet again. So this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise. Which promise? The one we read in the way beginning when we started out, promise made out to Abraham. The everlasting promise made out to Israel. And it's through uh, faith in, in Messiah, through Christ and what he did for us. And so Jeremiah 31 verse 31, we, 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 we start reading about this new covenant that the Father brings. And he says, this covenant is going to be new. It's, it's going to be different from the old covenant. He says, behold, the day has come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And he says, I will write my law on their hearts. I will be... I will write my law on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Similar to the first time. He says, so they can be my God and so that he can be our God and we, so we can be his people. And so we see this parallel and, we, and, and so we see there's already there's similarities here. 
between these covenants. It's not completely replacing the, the, the old covenant, if you will, but, he, but he's saying there's, there's going to be a, a little difference here. He's saying this, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to write this law on your heart. What law is he talking about? It's not just the, it's not the, 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 the ooey-gooey law of Jesus that's in contradiction to the Torah or, or something like that. It's the very law that Jesus walked out and taught, and that's the Torah itself. There's no other, there's no other law that, were, that, were, that existed when this was written. And so if we follow a Messiah that, that seems to be proclaiming that this, this is a new thing, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's completely different from what my father did, we need to really ask the question, is that the true Messiah? Because God does not change. And for his word and law or any, for a single word in his instruction manual to change, it means that he needs to change. The essence of who he is needs to change because he is the walking Torah for us to see walk. Uh, see imit and imitate. And I will put my spirit in you and I will cause you to walk as I walk. I will cause you to, to keep my judgments. And so this is, this is what he's talking about here. See, now Messiah has come. He's opened the door. We can come into the Father's pre presence in freedom, free reign and access. The Holy Spirit, in fact, the Holy Spirit comes. And the fullness of God comes. And dwells in us. And man, if that happens, something needs to change. You see, and if that happens, you're going to actually be able and want to walk as he walked. In full obedience to his father's instructions. And Yeshua, of course, says this. I did not come to abolish. Don't think that I come to abolish my father's instructions. I, in fact, came to fulfill it. I came to give it its fullness of meaning. For will I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot nor one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until everything is accomplished. And whoever teaches that the least of these commandments is abolished, he will be called least in my kingdom. But whoever teaches that and does my law, he will be called great in my kingdom. Great in his kingdom. And so it's interesting when we look at that word, pleru, it means to, to fill something, to, to, to fill its to, to individual capacity, right? Um, properly full to individual capacity, to fill to the top, so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure, filling it to the brim. And so we see, you know, at the wedding, we see the, the, the Messiah, and, he's like, and, and, and we see his mother, and we, we, they had this issue with the wine that's been running out. You know, and, and Yeshua's mother is like, um, Yeshua, you need, to, you need to help us out here. And, um, and he's like, oh, woman, my time has not come yet. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, okay, you know, cool. And, and, and she tells the servants, so listen to whatever he tells you, you go and you do it. He tells the servants, so walk up to those jars that you guys have lying there, those clay pottery jars, and I want you to go and fill them to the brim. Fill it with water. And I want to submit to you when, <laughs> I can just imagine when those servants heard this thing, they were like, what? Are we going to be serving water now? <laughs> you know? But, and they were walking. They were like, hey man, I don't know. This is, this is a weird thing. What are we doing? You know? But they were obedient. They trusted. They filled it to the brim. And the moment it hit the brim, the miracle happened. Only when it hit the brim, the miracle happened. 
And I want to submit to you that the Father makes that analogy a lot of times that we are those pottery jars. And I want to submit to you that He wants to fill you to the brim. But it's not until you get filled to the brim that you will bear good fruit. And see, that filling is not the milk. The milk is not going to do it for you. You need the solid food. You need to, to get filled with this Torah. You need to walk it out unto obedience. And then you'll be filled to the brim. And when you're filled to the brim, the good fruit will follow. And ultimately what should happen is you should be starting manifesting the fruit of the Spirit and everything that goes along with that. Matthew 23, then spake Yeshua to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, all therefore whatever they did but you observe and observe and do, but not after their works, for they say but do not. This is a crazy one. We don't like to quote this one a lot, do we? Pharisees is on Moses' seat, a seat in town where when you, once you get in on that seat, you're not allowed to say anything except what's in that Torah scroll. And so he's saying, so listen, whatever, whatever they tell you while they're sitting there, you observe it and you do it. But don't, don't, don't do what they do because they're hypocrites. And they don't bear the good fruit that comes from when you're filled to the brim and bear the actual good fruit that's empowered by the Spirit of God. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. And so really, I, I want us, I want this uh, at this conference as well, and I believe it's the other speakers' heart too, to, to really bring this petition forward to the Father to really gather his people. I want to equip you with this thing. Um, tomorrow we're going to be digging into that even more of, of, of walking in the Spirit and all that. But we need to be praying fervently for this regathering to happen. Nine years ago, guys, this is incredible. Well, I don't know how many years it is now. Yeah, around nine years ago, when we started, when I started this walk, me and my, my mother, who's sitting right there, and she's amazing. And she's everything, like, uh, all, the, all the fruit that I have right now, like, just comes from her. And, uh, sorry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> emotional day. Um, but the, my point is, is that, you know, when, when we were walking this walk in that small town, there was no one else, you know. And if we were how to have a conference like this, there'd be a few people in the room. And God is starting a gathering, and we need to fervently be praying for this gathering to happen, this regathering, this restoration of identity as people in spirit and truth. Because the days are drawing here, guys, and we, we need this message to go out. People are dying every single day. People are dying. And we don't have time anymore to waste on this thing. We don't have time to just sit in our home and do Torah portions. That's amazing. I love it and I do it. But that's, that, it can't stop there. I want to ask you, what are you doing on Sunday afternoons or sitting at home watching TV while the guy is on the street and, 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 he's, and he's, he doesn't know his Messiah, he doesn't know he is Israel? Or, you know, we can't afford to be in that lifestyle anymore. What did Yeshua do? We say we want to follow and walk as he walked, but, but we, we, we don't proclaim the gospel. A lot of us, of course, not all of us. And, and I want to encourage you, you know, if, if I was in that place, I was like, Father, I don't even know how to do this. I, I know the truth, but I don't, I don't even know how to love someone. I, I'm afraid of people. I can't even speak in front of people. How do I do this, you know? But I want to submit to you that all the Father needs is your heart for that thing. Bring your heart before Him, your desire. That's all He needs. He doesn't need your wisdom. 
He needs your heart. And if, you've, if, he got, if he gets your heart, everything that needs to follow will come from that. Wisdom, power, everything else will come and flow from that place. And if you're afraid of people, he will rid you of that too. Because Ephraim has multiple altars for sinning, they have become to him altars. Um, excuse me. Because Ephraim has multiplied altars for sinning, they have become to him altars for sinning. And so this is what we see in our world today. Ephraim, we, we, we see this whole thing where, you know, our Messiah, that cross has become the altar and the means of sinning instead of the thing that drives us to be free from it. And, and we see this in much, of our, uh, in much of the body of Messiah. And see, those people think, a lot of, in a lot of cases, we need to extend a lot of grace to them. For a lot of times, we are in this place of we know the truth, and we see them as pure lawless people. But we fail to understand sometimes, and we forget that when we need to be gracious because we were those people. And we can't afford to, to, to just to, 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 to forget about them. Right, so I just want to talk a little bit about, I guess, one of the first things that um, I came to after coming to the realization of who I am in truth, and that is a Sabbath day. And so this day is probably the biggest blessing from the instructions that are you know, off the top of my head. You know? and, and really, ideally, well, really the, the most, it played the, the biggest role in developing my intimacy with the Father. You see, it's, it's really this day where we, we come before Him and, and we, we're allowed to set aside the world completely, set a day apart just for Him and go on a date with our Messiah. And I want to submit to you that in this place, you know, we, we really need to ask the question, what did Messiah do on this day? Right? He obviously studied the word of His disciples. He, he, he walked it out. But He also, the Pharisees caught Him a lot of times on the Sabbath doing things they didn't like such as healing the sick, casting out devils. Oh, you're, you know, you're casting out devils by the prince of demons. Yeah, and, oh, you heal the sick on the Sabbath? See, that's the things our Messiah was doing and his disciples. And I, and I want to ask you the question. We, we love to, to study the Torah, and that's part of it. But again, we need to, I, I, was, I was, Lord, why am I, not, why am I not walking out this thing that you walked out? Because I need to walk it out too. And so I want you to ask the question, am I, because I'm not, I'm not, where I'm at right now, I don't feel like I'm walking in what I should be. I mean, am I, am I walking in the fullness of Messiah where, where, when, where I have this eager desire to go out and, and proclaim the gospel to the people, proclaim the Torah to the people, and have the fruit to show for it, the demonstration of the Spirit that will draw them in and be like, you know what, there's, this, there's so much power that follows this thing because there's Spirit and truth in you, and I need to know about this hope that is within you. I need to know what, is, what have you got that enabled this thing of, within you. Because, guys, Yeshua is attractive to people. He is attractive because He brings freedom. He is truth. He is righteousness. He brings freedom. And if you do walk as he walked, you will be attractive to the world. And they will ask, where did you get this? And you will say right there from him. And so we see that God in Genesis 2 verse 3, he blessed it the seventh day. He set it apart in creation before anything was made, well, in the way beginning. And so before he made us, he gave us a day for us. He didn't make us for the day. He made a day for us to rest and to come into his presence. And he says, and, and when he gives us the instruction, he says, we, we read all the instructions and it's, it's, it's interesting. But then when we get to this, this, the Sabbath, he says, remember this one because you're going to forget it. 
And of course, when we look at the, the church as a whole, this is the one commandment which we have indeed failed to remember. Right, and, and I just want to just kind of build on what I've been talking about, what Yeshua did. We read about one of these encounters. And because of this, the Jews persecuted Yeshua and were seeking to kill him because he was doing these healings on the Sabbath. But Yeshua answered them, my father works until now, and I work. Because of this then, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father making himself equal with God. Therefore, Yeshua's partner said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son is able to do none at all by himself, but only that which he sees his Father doing. Because whatever he does, the Son also likewise does. What did the Father do in Genesis 2 verse 3? He created a seventh day, a Sabbath day. He set it apart. He created creation and then he rested. But this seems like a contradiction because... He says, my father works until now, and I work. And then the scriptures goes on to say, he's breaking the Sabbath. But who's saying that? The Pharisees. I want to ask you the question, are we going to believe a Pharisee that he's breaking a Sabbath day? Nope. And they were pretty off, off the mark. Uh, but what kind of work was he doing? He was healing the sick. He was bringing life. And so this is the point is that if you bring life, no matter even if it's work, ministry-oriented work, but you do it for the sake of bringing life as we, as, as we are here today, you're not breaking the Sabbath. You see, but with our traditions, we've burdened men. Well, the Pharisees have burdened men and, and many others have burdened men with commandments which actually draw people away from keeping the Sabbath. And so... Yet again, that is the purpose of all the commandments, bring, to bring life. For he is life, and he walks out life. He walks out the Torah, and it's, it's in unity. It's not separated. It's not a burden. My son, do not forget my Torah, and let your heart watch over my commands for length of days and long life and peace they add to you. Doesn't sound like a burden to me. Sorry. Walking like my Messiah is a burden, man. I don't know what, I don't know, you know, it's, what are you talking about? Right, but, but yeah, that is, that is what, we, what I was taught while growing up. See, I've said before you today, life, life and death, good and evil, choose life, what he said. And so, of course, I think this needs to turn into, the, into this. Yeah. <laughs> Where we, where we truly remember this day. And see, this is really one of the, the, one of the reasons I'm sharing this is for Kat, just as, I'm just going to use her as an example again. <laughs> After she had that encounter with the Father and she got baptized, which is, one of, this is the first step, one of the first steps that needs to take place. And I want to ask you, if you're sitting here, just by the way, and you're not baptized, and you're like, oh, I want to follow our Messiah I want, you, I, want, I want us to baptize this weekend. I want you to come to me and we'll make a plan, all right? Um, but the, 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 the point is, after she got baptized, you know, I didn't even really mention the Sabbath to her, even at that point. I, I, even, I didn't think she even knew about it. You know, but over the course of a month or so, she's, she started seeing, oh, he's not going out to the, he's, he's, he's going home, like he's not going to the company gathering on Friday night. Why, why is he not doing that? That's weird. You know, and sooner or later, she starts asking the question, 
And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's in the scripture. Go look, go look at it. She's already seen my fruit. I don't need to now go into her and be like, Kat, you need to keep the Sabbath day. Why aren't you keeping it? No. I can just be like, hey, God loves you so much. And I can be an example. I can walk it out perfectly. She can see it and come to me and be like, Petey, I'm confused about the Sabbath thing. My friends say it's not uh, for today. I read online it's not for today. What, what's going on? And then now, now it's a total different story. Now you can be like, oh, oh man, it's an amazing day. I can have intimacy. It's my date with Yeshua. You see, but, but that's, the, that's the game changer in, that, in sharing this thing. In the beginning when I just came to Torah, I was like, all my friends, they got a hard, had a hard time for me. And I, and I was just like, I was hammering them with this thing. But this is the key in, in really bringing the spirit and truth together. And that enables us to really share it in love and kindness so that they come to you with it. Yeah, plant a seed. Hey, I keep the Sabbath. That's why I'm so chilled all the time. But, but, but don't hammer people with it. Really, it's, gonna, it's not going to bear good fruit. It's not going to bear good fruit. It's going to actually push people away. And you don't want that, man. I'm so sorry for some of the people that I pushed away early in my walk, and I don't want you guys to do the same thing. Isaiah 66, we read about in the millennium as well, how um, we, we see that the Sabbath is, is, is definitely in the picture. From new moon to new moon, Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. And they shall go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against me, for their, for their worms shall not die, their fire shall, shall not be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. And so, even in the millennium, there's a few other scriptures as well, where we also even read about the festivals, of course, um, where the Father talks about uh, keeping it. Isaiah 58. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the... Uh, um, the holy of the Lord, honorable and shall honor him, not doing thy own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. Then, only then, shall thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride upon the height of the nations. You'll be blessed. It's going to be the fruit of it. And so, you know, it's, it's quite incredible when once I started realizing my friends didn't want to, weren't really interested in me bashing them with, with this. I just I, I backed off, and, and for the next two years, I just lived, and, and the fruit started showing up in my work. Uh, I, I was still studying. I was, my first year, I was really unqualified for what I was doing. It was the way, the least of, the least of these, truly, the least of those. By the end of my fourth year, as I was, as I was keeping the Sabbath, I, I, and this is all of the Father, I mean, I, I, I came out winning multiple awards, and, and my friends looked at it, and they were like, Petey, tell me about the Sabbath. I need a rest. You see, and, and it was, it's truly so amazing when we, we start just living this thing out and, and honoring the Father with our life and obedience. The fruit really speaks for itself. When you're, when, when you're full to the brim with that, like, and that miracle of the wine happens, it's gonna, that miracle speaks for itself. No one needs to tell someone this is wine and this water just turned into wine. No one needs to do that. It happened. Someone, they saw it. And truly the host, he was like, oh man, you, you, you're saving. Usually, you know, we serve the best wine first. You save the best for last. And that's exactly what the Father wants to do right here. Save the best for last. He's, he, wants to, he wants to bring a, a ladder outpouring of his spirit upon his community 
of those who follow, who, who are running after the truth. He wants to give us a ladder around outpouring so that we can be full to the brim, run over, and be that testimony of people, to people so that they can, and man, I'm telling you, this is all God, all God, not me. I mean, p- countless people have, uh, when I just started applying this, countless people have started coming to Torah, left, right, and center, Christians who are not seeing the amount of fruit in their churches that, that they ought to be in some cases. You know, just be like, whoa, there's, there's fruit here, but there's also, there's, there's this truth, and, there's, and it's an irresistible combination. Why? Because it's exactly what Yeshua walked out. Right, Hebrews, of course, uh, God, God goes on, he says, So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God does from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. All right. And that's the conclusion of the Sabbath matter. Excuse me, how much time do I have? Five minutes? Uh, really? Okay, cool. Right. So, so as I said, um, I, was, I just wanted to really lay this for 45, 45. Okay. So I, I really wanted to lay this foundation just for, of, of truth for you guys, because I know there's a few of you guys who's new here as well, who maybe have never heard of this. You know, and I want you to just go to the Father with this thing, you know, and just be, don't, don't, don't trust me, don't trust Zach, don't trust Antoinette, don't trust any of us. Go to the Father with this thing and, and, and fall to your knees and just say, Lord, oh, I want to know the truth. I want to know what the truth behind this matter is. And, and so I'm also going to be, again, uh, I think maybe I'll, I'll start on, on, on the spirit stuff now just for a second. Um, and, uh, I, but, but first what I want to do is I want to ask you guys, I'm going to be very open right now. Is there anyone you who's got any kind of pain in their back right now? Who's, who's been sitting here, you've been sitting in the session with pain? Please raise your hand. Okay. Right, so what I want you to do is, I'm going to pray for you, right? And uh, I want you to raise your hand if it goes. Okay. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord. Father, we just speak to their backs right now in the name of Yeshua. All pain, I command you, get out in the name of Yeshua right now. 100%. Bones, ligaments, tendons, I command you, come in alignment. Be restored now in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay, I want you to move around. I think there was two of you guys. Move around and search for the pain. Raise your hand if you can't find it. How do you feel? Okay, Father, I just thank you, Lord. All pain, I command you, get out now in the name of Yeshua. 100%. Say so out again. Do you want to stand up, maybe? So I don't want to put pressure on, um, I just felt in the spirit there's, what are you, are you, you good? It, it left? It left? Okay. You? Be- better. Okay. Father, I just thank you, Lord. All pain now in the name of Yeshua, 100%. Father, I thank you for freedom. Taste it out again. Is it better or gone? I want you to be honest, don't lie. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm gonna please come to me, right? I really feel like the father put that word in me. 
But can we just get a clap for like for what happened for her? I mean, yeah, man. Like, and see, I, I just want to demonstrate that because you know it's so it's so simple and quick to do. It's not complicated. And you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pray for her more now because sometimes we need to just go a, a few more times and it's going to leave all the way. But see, we a lot of times we pray once and we give up and we're like, oh, okay, I guess that wasn't God's will. You know, but Yeshua never said or did that, right? And so we really need to, if we don't see what we're supposed to see, we really need to be like, whoa, okay, let's pray again. Because I'm supposed to see this thing happen, right? Right, and so you guys should just please stop me. Cool. Um, right, so this is really, this is the sign that people are looking for. If you go and you walk into your workplace and your, um, your, uh, wherever you are in your daily walk, people want this. They're interested. In there's, there's new age. There's all these other spiritual avenues people are going, all these other demonic things people are running to. And, but, but really, what we, we, there is such power that follows the Father's word and holiness and truth that we can really see work through us if we step out in fear and boldness. I mean, man, like, it's a, we need boldness. We need to get rid of our fear to do this thing. You can't do it if you've got fear in you. And so, let me correct, make a correction. You, you will always have a measure of fear in you, but it's rather what you do with that fear that matters. You know, the Father is going to put a boldness in you in, 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 those, in those moments. But you're going to be afraid to the point of going like this. Because I, st I still am many times, you know, depending on who I'm with. And, but see, the, the, the question really is, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to fear God more than this thing, or than a man? Or are you going to fear God in such an incredible way that you're just like, Father, <laughs> I don't care about my, what, I think, what this guy thinks of me anymore. I don't care if he accepts or rejects me anymore. I don't care if I lose my job anymore. All that now matters is your kingdom to go forth. And I want to submit to you that if, you, if that is your desire, man, God is going to provide everything that you need. And he's going to bless and, and care for you in that place. But see, we've got this unbelief and, and, and disbelief in us of, of thinking that if we step out, you know, for example, in the workplace, in that boardroom, I'm, I, you know, I might just be told to, to tone it down a little bit or whatever. I want to submit to you that, man, the Father is going to back you in that place. And whatever happens, it doesn't even matter because all that matters is for His will to go forth. I'm just going to drink of water. And so as I discussed, um, it's really, we really can't stay in our homes. And that's all we're confined to all the days. We need, you know, some of the things that you guys can do just as a, as a, as a, as a starting point, I would really encourage you to, uh, of course, I'm, 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 I'm not sure where you guys are at, but if you're in a fellowship or if you're in a place where you feel like you're probably not walking this thing out that I've been talking about, I want to encourage you to take small steps in your daily walk with this thing. You know, when you go to the grocery store, when you go to wherever you're at, your workplace, I want you to take, start taking small steps and telling people Yeshua loves them. 
taking small steps of encouraging people. Yeah, you know, in the beginning it's going to be weird and awkward and all that. But I want you to just take a small step. And I'm telling you that just like that guy in Hatfield Square where I had to just take one small step of being like, hey man, is there pain in your shoulder? If I never asked that question, I would not be standing here today maybe even. I mean, you know, the, 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 the 25 people that followed in that night, it was just like, I was all God. And, but it wouldn't have come probably if I didn't ask that question and receive that revelation in that moment. And I want you, I want to ask you, when are you going to start asking that question? When are you going to start telling people, hey, what's wrong? Is there anything I can pray for for you? You know, hey, I see you, you, your back is hurting. I see, you know, you're, you're struggling financially. Can I pay for this for you? You know, and even if they're, even, no matter where they're at, man, no matter what they believe, we need to start loving those people in such an incredible way where they're like, truly, the, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh, must be with you. For your love, has, there is no other way to describe it. You see, it's truly possible to come to a place where the world is like, why did you treat me this way? I don't deserve it. And that's exactly what Yeshua did with all those strangers. Oh, truly, let it be done to you. Your faith has made you well. Didn't withhold it. Even if, even if there are pagans, didn't withhold it. And so, and so the, the truly, um, <laughs> the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's always, when it, this was written, it was true, and it's just as true today. And, you know, this is really the, the thing where we need to be entering those fields to harvest, you know. Um, and he said to them, is a lamb brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. You know, um, a, a few years back when I, when I came to kind of the knowledge of, of, of the truth and, and who I am in, in terms of truth, I, I asked the Father, Lord, why me? You know, what did, what did I, there's so many other people you could have revealed this to. You know, and I still don't know the answer. But I stopped asking the question and started being like, you know what, Father, I'm going to do everything I can to take this thing to the world and give it to them too. I can't afford to, this revelation you've given me, I can't afford to keep this thing in my little home and never open my mouth outside of it. Because that would be a disgrace to the gospel. That would be a disgrace to this word here. This, that is the very definition of keeping a basket under the light that is within you. If you're following the instructions of the Father, if you're coming to communion with Him, there is a light in you that wants to shine. But if you're keeping it under a basket, oh, man, it's, 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 a, it's really something we need to be so careful of, brothers and sisters. And, you know, many times I feel I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm standing before you uh, just as convicted as many of you are, I think, you know. Where a lot of times, you know, we, we, we enter these places of grocery stores and all that, and, and, and we, we pass a cashier that hurts. And then you ask the question, oh, how would I have known that she hurts? Well, I want to ask you the question, did you ask the father if she does? You see, the, the question really is, is, are we walking in the spirit in that manner of being like, whoa, father, okay, who's here, Lord, who, 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 who do you want to minister to, you know? And having, walking in that communion and intimacy with Him of just flowing, of just being like, and you know, and I'm not talking about being like, okay, Father, who do I need to pray for? And then you wait. Okay, He's not telling me so. No, no, no. 
You know, it's about, it's about being like, Father, who do you want me to pray for? And then you see someone and you're like, hey, can I pray for you? You know, is there anything I can pray for? And you know, a lot of times we've got this fear because we think people are going to, we don't know how people react. Man, the people, you'd be so surprised. You know, I've, uh, about a week ago, I was in a Woolworths <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, and uh, I, was, I was checking out and this lady, I asked her, hey, she just looked a little tired. I'm like, oh, she actually, uh, let me make, make a correction, actually. So I, I was tired. I went through the night. I didn't sleep, actually. And I'm checking out, and this lady, she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just a little tired. But, but Yeshua lives in me, so I'm always happy, though. <laughs> and she's like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. You know, kind of like, huh? yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, do you know Yeshua? She's like, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm like, oh, wow, you know what? Can I pray for you? And man, she started tearing up right there. And she's like, and, she, and we're in the, there's a, there's a line behind me, guys. It's funny. And she's like, and she doesn't, she doesn't she's like so embarrassed, you know. And, and, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, my, like, God is here for this woman. And she's, she starts telling me about her, her marriage who, that's like on the brink of divorce. You know, and this is happening in a grocery store while checking out. And, and I just pray for her. I said, Lord, I just thank you, God, for, restra- for restoration in this place right now. And I want to submit to you that if something, like, if we go and step out for something like that to happen, God, God is going to come through, man. Because now if he comes through, guess who's going to get the glory? He's going to get the glory because she's going to know. She's going to remember, man, this random guy who I didn't know and everyone knew. He just came and asked me. And, and, and now, and he prayed for me. And now my husband Something is changing in him. You see, but I want to tell you, like, man, this is how we see the, this is how we see a change. This is how we see people come to the knowledge of the truth. It's by doing these things. Matthew sixteen verse fourteen. What are you laughing? Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he approached their unbelief. This is the, the 11, right? And hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he was raised. And he said to them, go out into the world and proclaim the good news to every creature. It's interesting what happened here. They were in, in a real unbelief. What did Yeshua say? Good, you're in unbelief. Go out and proclaim the gospel. It's, it's interesting, right? I want to submit to you that when you go and proclaim the gospel, Remember, let me say it like this. When I told you the first story of what happened in Hatfield Square, I told you I didn't believe when the guy got healed. I was serious. I, I, really, I, was, I was like, nah, I don't believe this. In my unbelief, God was so merciful and gracious that he did it anyway. And now, yes, belief starts. You, you start getting that, that faith and belief. And I want to submit to you, if you're doing something like keeping the Sabbath, the faith that you need is already so much ingrained within you because you've already seen him provide enough, enough manna on, this, on the six days for the seventh. And so by things like that, keeping the instructions already ing- creates that faith within you to such an extent and degree that you are more than qualified to do this. You're more than able and capable of doing this. You do have the faith. And I want to tell you, like, faith is not a feeling. Faith is not like about how, how, oh, I don't feel like, I feel like I doubt this. I feel like I don't, I feel like this is not going to happen. We don't walk by feelings. Shema, hear and obey. Faith is an action. They said, hey, Yeshua, 
we feel like we've got, well, we feel like we've got unbelief, you know, or, or they, they were in that place of unbelief as well, even by their action. Yet Yeshua's like, go out and do it. And in their doing, they were able to walk it out. And Yeshua, God, um, God Holy Spirit, equipped them, came through for them in that moment. And so, you know, a lot of us think we need to keep the Torah good enough, get holy enough, and then one day maybe God will use us a little bit. You know, I want to submit to you, if, if you came to repentance today, it's time. If you, you came to repentance, you got baptized, it's time to start doing this thing. And yes, we, we, we need to get in a fellowship, we need to get discipled and all that, so that we can give the message accurately. But we need to start walking this thing out of proclaiming this gospel that I'm talking about here. Because see, it's, it's not about a, 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 a works, you know, a, I've encountered many people and myself, and I'm talking about this because this is what I believed. I thought that if I'm keeping the commandments well enough, then I'll see fruit happen. I'll see, well, in terms of um, spiritual gifts or in all those things. If I keep the commandments good enough, then God will give me a measure of spirit that will enable that. I want to submit to you now, man. Today is the day. If you profess, you, you, follow, you know and follow Messiah, you've got faith in Him. You're ready for that thing. All right. And so this is the Great Commission. He says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly poison and will not hurt them. Lay their hands on the sick. They will recover. So after then the Lord has spoken. He received up to heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And so... It's interesting that this was about one of the very last things Yeshua said right before he left. Now, about a week ago, I had a, I had a vision um, while in my room praying. I've never shared this. I just feel I have to know. Um, I had a vision of Yeshua standing, and he was crying. And, and it was very much like that, that story where he was throwing over tables. In the, in the scriptures of um, when they were uh, with the, the, the tax collectors and all that. And, and, and I just really that picture of him, I could just imagine that righteous anger of him throwing over tables. That was the, the state I, I, found, I saw him in. And he, and he was crying something out. He said, what have I left you to do? What have I left you to do? Then I saw him again against the wall, a yellow wall with his head crying. And he said the same thing. What have I left you to do? And I, and I saw kind of a, I'm just a, um, zooming out or whatever, and I saw that this was a wall of a church. Yeshua against this wall of a church, his tears staining this wall, he's saying, what have I left you to do? This is what he's left us to do. The Great Commission. These signs must follow, accompany those who say that they believe. And see, this was the very thing I read. I was like, Father, I'm not seeing this. And that's a big issue, Lord, because I'm supposed to be seeing this. And so, again, God just needs that from you. He needs that prayer from you. He needs that mountain moment from you where you're on your knees and you say, Lord, I'm not seeing this, but I need to see this. I need to see this in my life. Because you said that. That's the Great Commission. Because, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there's going to be many of us who's, who's going to be keeping the Torah, who's going to come before him one day, and he's going to say, what have I left you to do? 
Did you, you, you kept my Torah, but did you proclaim it to others? Do you think I just left my Torah for you, for you? Or did I give it to you for both you and all my people? For you to walk as I walked as a living testimony for the world to see and come to the knowledge of the truth. I know this is a hard word, guys. It's so hard. But I, I need to share this with you because this is where the Father is calling us. I'm telling you that if, if we get this thing down and we just humble ourselves before the Lord, Man, we're gonna see. We're gonna see revival. We're gonna see a, a this this whole regathering thing that's happened. That God is already orchestrating. It's gonna hit another level. It's gonna be like something like never before. Cool. How am I doing on time? I can start. <laughs> okay. Cool. So. I want to just talk about um, more whole the, the whole carnal mind and are you guys alright? Are you guys you guys okay? Okay, okay. I just want to talk about the, the 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 carnal mind for a second. When we go out, for example, and that, let's just go back to that grocery store for a second. And I and let's let's just make an let's just make another example. Let's just say you know you're, you there's someone in a grocery store you're coming to them and they've got. They, they said, oh, actually, I have a pain in my shoulder. I've got a pain in my back. Or maybe it's a colleague, whoever it is. And the first thing that's going to happen is fear is going to spring up within you. You're going to feel, you know, afraid. The second thing is you're going to feel doubtful. You're going you're gonna to think, what if it doesn't happen? You know, well, what's going to happen then? What is this guy going to think of me? And really what's happening is, and we read about Paul talking about this a lot, where he, he talks about this internal battle of of the carnal mind and the spirit. And you see, he goes on, he says, you know, oh, the things that I don't want to do, I do, and the things I don't want to do, I, uh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> and, and, and he's got this internal battle where he really struggles to, 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 to bring this thing together in terms of how do I simply follow this, the, the, the voice of the spirit and get my carnal mind out of the way? I want to submit to you that that little voice of it's not going to happen, it's probably going to be there forever. As long as you're in this bodysuit, this flesh, that thought is going to come. I still get it. But even if I get it, the healing still comes. It doesn't stop it. It just doesn't. But it will stop it if my action doesn't follow what I believe instead of what I'm thinking. You see, there's a difference. If, if, if I live the word above experience, like what I'm feeling, then I'll see the fruit of the word. But I follow my experience, what seems right to a man above the word. I'm not going to see that fruit. And so really that's, that's, that's the, what we really need to do is in that moment is to simply be like, okay, so I've got a doubt, I've got a fear, and what I actually just need to do is I need to take that and push it out of the way. I recognize it's there. That's cute. But... I know what my Bible says. I know what my Messiah says. I know what he's called me to do. All right. Cool. So I'm going to just end this off here today. I don't want to... I, I, wanna, I have something left tomorrow to say. So <laughs> where I'm going to be continuing on this trend. Um, however, I would like to ask, uh, just uh, before we kind of end off in prayer, um, is there anyone here, who, well, anyone who's got any kind of disease right now, like a symptom... That they have in their body. I want you to raise your hand, no matter what it is. Okay. Everyone who I'm sure there's a few guys. So you please raise your hand. All right. 
Okay. Cool. Keep it right. Keep it right. Just for just for now. Okay. Okay. Right. Cool. So now I'm gonna challenge you guys. <laughs> I'm not gonna pray for this. I want I want everyone who's close. To, I want everyone who's close to the people who raised their hands. You saw them. I want you guys to lay your hands on them right now. Just put a hand on them. Put your hands on them. And we're now going to command that sickness to go. Muscles, let me restore now. Just put it back. Is it gone? Gone? 100% you're not lying. That changes people. You see, and if that's someone who doesn't even believe in the Messiah, what is it going to do to them? This is, this is really not about any gift that I have or anything. The same spirit lives in me, lives in you, really. Okay? Yeshua, all his disciples walked out that gift. And yes, gifts, there's spiritual gifts, there's a gift of healing, there's a gift of interpretation of tongues, there's a gift of tongues, etc. But that doesn't mean it's the same spirit that produces all those gifts and miracles. And yes, you're going to have a strength. You're going to have something that you're gifted in. But just because I'm not a gifted in teaching, maybe, doesn't mean I can never teach. Just because I'm not gifted in, in, in wisdom doesn't mean I, I'm not wise. You see, I, can, I can't be wise. So, you know, this is really something that I want, I want us in this today and tomorrow. I want you guys to pray for each other and start exercising this on each other. Man, you're going to start seeing this, really. Okay. So you came asking for prayer for something she'd had for years, disease on her feet. And I said, why are you coming to ask me now to pray for this? Surely you've asked many people already. So she had asked people before, and obviously my you know, concern was, well, what's going to make the difference now if I pray? So um, I told her to go away. I would pray about it, and then I would tell her what I felt I was hearing from God. And God told me that this woman had um, a, a serious unforgiveness. So when she came back, I told her this, and um, she, she, she did. She told me a story. She, she had been molested by her father, and her mother had blamed it on her, and she couldn't forgive either her mother or her father. And so I held to what God had said, and I said, well, look, I'm not going to pray for you until you can ask for that, until you can release them. And she came back, and she did, and she did get healed. So I'm, I'm basically asking, you know, can one say that always, and I can also tell you, I, I'm the, I've, I've tried to raise the dead before. I have failed, obviously. Uh, I pulled somebody out of a wheelchair onto the floor, you know, and they, I put them back in the wheelchair, you know. I've done all those things, I've, uh, you know. But I've, I've been very inspired today to realize that I give up too quickly I, I, I realize I give up too quickly, you know, and what you're telling me is do not give up. If you pray, you pray again, and you pray again, and, and I've seen that, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. I just first want to share a testimony, and then I'll talk about the uh, forgiveness issue. Uh, um, I have, so, uh, so I think I was at the same place, exact same spot as you uh, at some point, you know, and 
um, I was actually taking out some people. We do this a lot. We, we take out people onto the streets and we disciple them into seeing this happen. Because, I mean, and we see everyone who comes with us, they see it. Everyone. Like, it's not about, like I said, it's not about the gift necessarily. Anyway, and so I took out these two, two um, elderly people. They really want to see this. And we went to a mall in, um, I think it was Brooklyn Mall or Mainland Mall in Pretoria. I forgot which one. And we walked in the mall and, and uh, just you know, just looking for strangers who we can pray for. And there was this, this woman being pushed in a wheelchair by, a, uh, by her, her son. And this couple, and I see it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like, let's go to something not as, you know? But the, the man and woman, they're like, Petey, let's go pray for, for that guy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like trying to keep my pose here. And um, we walk up to them. I've never seen it. I've prayed for a lot of people in wheelchairs at that point. Never seen anything like that happen. I was afraid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was just I was like, hey, you know. How are you doing? Are you and they're like, oh, yes, no, I've been in an accident. I've been in a wheelchair for three years. My back's messed up. Can't walk. No chance. You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's, that's okay. Well, you know, can I pray for you? Because I believe, I believe that God is gonna, can heal you. Well, I actually said, I think God's going to heal you. <laughs> and and, um, and uh, basically, I'm like, cool. So, But she's a Christian, so she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, sure, pray. You know. the, the, the boy, uh, the, yeah, her son... He's really awkward. I think he wasn't really a believer or at all. And um, but but she's encouraged and yeah, take her hand, Father. I just thank you, God. We speak to her back now in the name of Yeshua, and I command this back be restored now. All pain, I command you to leave now in the name of Yeshua. And I'm like, hey, I want you to just taste it out. Take her hand, and she stands up. And. She starts crying hysterically, and I start crying hysterically. And um, her son couldn't handle this, really. It was, I can't explain it, man. And um, we just told them about the gospel, told them about repentance and all that stuff. And these two people with me, they've never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, um, but they're just, that's the first thing they see when they, when, that was amazing. I can't, this is all God. It's not me. And, um, and, uh, and, and when we left them, the two disciples, the two people who came with me, they're like, Petey, Petey, have a look there. And as I, and we saw them, and the, the woman who was in the wheelchair was pushing the wheelchair out of the mall with her son. She was pushing it out like that. I, I've prayed for people. I didn't see it. I prayed for that. I saw it. Am I going to stop praying for people because uh, I haven't seen it sometimes? No way. I can't. That, that would have never happened, you know. So now the repentance thing. And by the way, sorry, I just forgot to mention this. I think I prayed for her twice. The first time the pain left, she was, I didn't have strength in her back yet. Prayed again, then she had strength. So, you know, it's not always the first prayer. Prayed eight times before someone get completely healed. As many times as they allow me to, I'm going to pray, man, until they're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's how I go. Like, I need to see this happen, man. You know, 
Um, okay, so on, on um, the forgiveness thing, it's a huge deal. Um, Yeshua said, yeah. okay, okay. So he asked, he said, um, he, 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 he prayed, a woman came to him and who said that he needs to pray for her and she, or he went to the father and the father told him that she has unforgiveness in her heart and he, she needs to deal with that first before he should be praying for her. Am I correct? Okay. And so he asked about what is unfor- what role does unforgiveness play in this whole thing? Now, it's a huge deal. Yeshua said after someone got healed, uh, now go and sin no more. Okay. So he said, oh, well, okay, great. that's amazing that you got healed. Now go and stop sinning. Why did he say that? And he sometimes even added this. He said, go and sin no more lest something worse comes upon you. And that's an important thing to note when we should be telling people after something like that happens. But anyway, so we see that whole thing of, 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 of sin has an incredible impact. And maybe we'll, I think I'm going to talk about a lot about that tomorrow. has an incredible impact on our bodies as well. So there was this, uh, just to demonstrate this point, there was another woman in a mall we found once. She had a leg issue. Her one leg was, uh, I know this is, guys, you're not, I'm just going to share, right? Um, but this is what happened. Her one leg was, she was walking kind of like one leg longer than the other one and uh, really impacting her walk. And Karek came up to her, hey, can we pray for you? You know, and she's like, yeah, sure. Let her sit down. And she told us straight up, oh, yeah, no, my one leg is like out a lot. And it's usually the back or something that's wrong. Anyway, prayed for her. Okay. Her leg, it, it, her, her, her legs were corrected a little bit in my hands as I was praying for her. A little bit. Prayed about eight times. It corrected a little bit, but nothing further than that. Okay? And I'm like, and in that moment, I'm like, Father, what is this? What's going on? And I heard sexual immorality. Okay? I just felt that in my spirit. Not heard it. Felt it in my spirit. And I'm like, hey, tell me. Tell me about your relationship with God. And she tells me, you know what? Yeah, it's not that good. I've actually been falling away from him because I'm sleeping with my boyfriend. And um, I'm like, oh, you need to repent right now from that. Right now, you need to repent from this thing. And, and, she's, and I, I took her hands and we prayed. And she repented. Truly, she did. She's like, Father, I really don't. I want to fall there. I want to get back to you. And, and, and she poured her heart out there, repented. And we said, okay, great. Now let's pray again. Took her hands. One prayer. Her legs were healed 100%. I, it was an incredible thing. I can't explain it to you guys. You need to see it for yourself. Don't need to believe me, but that's what happened. And and she and her one leg was made whole as the other. She was healed totally. But that repentance, if she said, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to, she would have walked away like that. And that would have been totally out of my control. It's not always, it's not our control or our responsibility. It's just our responsibility to do our part. And that is... Lay your hand on the sick. That's it. Just lay your hand on the sick. That's the instruction. What comes from that? It's him. Right? Okay, cool. So I'm, I'm going to cutting into other people's time now. So I'm just going to be uh, ending this off. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to be sharing a lot more about this tomorrow. Um, I just want to thank you guys so much. Can we? I'm going to just end off in prayer. Right? Uh, Yahweh, Father. 
Lord, I just pray right now, Father, for, for all for everyone here, Lord. And I just pray, Father, for an, an outpouring of your spirit over this conference, Lord. I pray, I pray Lord, that God, we would just, Lord, Lord, put us on fire for you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, Lord. Father, help us to walk in the fullness of Messiah, Lord, and 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 Father, just follow you with, with all heart, heart, mind, soul, body, strength, Lord. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, for everyone. Because uh, here I pray, Lord, you just bless them as I leave, Lord, and as I go, Lord, later tonight. And uh, God, I just pray all this name, Yeshua, Father. Lord, I glorify you and I thank you. Amen.